0: Hey friend, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. We are a cross-generational conversation that focuses on creating a meaningful, imperfect life through the lens of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health.
1: Each week, we will share our own experiences as recovering perfectionists or use our journalistic training to interview expert guests. We promise to be transparent and real in that each episode will leave you uplifted, encouraged, and believing you are enough.
0: So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. We are live from the Waldo house. We <laughs> well, still don't
0: have a good tagline. Uh, <laughs> Again, we're just waiting on our listeners to help us out with this, right? I know. We'll
1: we'll figure it out eventually. We are
0: going to figure it out, but it's (laughs) nice to be here. And hey, Rachel, I just have a question or two for you and our listeners. Okay. Have you ever looked out at the world and wondered how this God, this God that we read about in the Bible, how can he really be good if the world around us is so bad? Or have you ever clung to like this favorite verse? Maybe it's a verse, you know, we learned in Bible school or whenever your favorite verse. Have you ever Mm -hmm. clung to this favorite verse of yours? And then as life develops and it goes on and that verse really doesn't come to fruition and you can't see it happening. You begin to wonder, is God really who he says he is? Can he really be trusted?
1: Yeah, I I can definitely say I have, and I bet our listeners can relate to this as well. So we want to dissect three different really popular Bible verses today and talk about how Christians often get them wrong. And what you said is so true that when you look around and you're watching the news right now, it feels like Mm. the world is in chaos with everything that's happening in Afghanistan. And then, of course, this whole last few years and, mm-hmm. and then the normal everyday suffering that we experience in big and small ways and the trauma in big and small ways. yeah, It feels like a lot. So we want to talk about these three Bible verses that even if you're not a Christian, most likely you have heard these before and yeah. we're going to actually find the real truth of what they're actually saying to us and the promises that they're making and then dispel some of the lies. Yeah.
0: And I think that it's important to stop right there and just talk about like why behind us. Podcast, yeah, and I know that I get asked lots of times about about the Bible and about Bible verses in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is that sometimes we can read the Bible, we can think that we know what the Bible's saying, we can recite the verses, uh, and then we kind of put our hope in those. And I think that is completely biblical. It's completely biblical that we would value God's word, that we would believe it to be true, that we would believe it to be true for us. Uh, However, and this is the caveat, is that sometimes I think we can take verses out of context and we can misuse them. And at some point in all of that, these Bible verses become about us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And understanding how to read your Bible is so important. Uh, and that's where I think a lot of the confusion comes mm-hmm. from. So let's dive in into our first verse that we are going to dissect today, which is one that you talk about a lot. A lot of times you would say this is even like your verse or your life verse, which is Romans eight twenty eight, which is, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So this is the classic, like everything's going to work right. out First, Yeah. Yep, it is. You're like, in
0: something bad, don't worry. Yeah. God's got it handled. <laughs> everything is going to work yeah. out to your good. It's like there's always a silver lining.
1: Yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. And that everything everything happens for a reason. That's mm-hmm. another one that people like to say with these verses. It,
0: it, yeah, and I think even some people would say everything happens for a reason is in the Bible. And you're like, nah, it's, it's really not, I think. But it probably comes from from this idea of Romans 828, that everything's going to happen for a reason and that that reason is going to be good. And that, you know, we might not be able to see it now, but 10 years down the road, we're going to be able to look back. Yeah. Someday we'll know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, I love that. And I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we can start there. I think uh, the thing about this verse that is uh, great is that the promise is helpful, and I've seen and lived that promise mm-hmm. of knowing that, that, that this is true, That and trusting in that, that um, good will eventually come. However, I think the slippery slope with this verse is that uh, it's specific about God's glory, mm-hmm. not our glory. And so what God deems as good and what we would view as good are oftentimes in the short term, very different things.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's what you talked about earlier that when we're reading the Bible the whole thing is one big story of God's redemption. And Mm -hmm. so with this verse, a lot of times we're looking at it through the lens of how does this verse fit into my life? Like how is God going to make all the suffering in my life work together for my good? Yep. Um, But when we read the Bible, we have to keep in mind the lens of like the whole Bible is telling God's story and pointing to God's glory And so the key phrase here, which you said earlier, is that according to his purpose. So the things that happen are according to this story that he is continuing to tell. Mm -hmm. And we are here for a blip, (laughs) a very brief moment in time. So we don't always get that full story, but it does say that there is good, the good for those who love him. So it will be our for our good in some way, but really the bigger point is that whatever is happening is for his purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think that gets really hard is at the time of recording this, um, mm-hmm. yesterday was the deadliest day for American troops in Afghanistan in a decade. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do we look at this, these bombings that happen where 13 U.S. troops were killed, 18 hurt, 60 Afghans killed, 140 hurt. Like That's a lot of people. And how do we see this as looking at this verse and
0: saying, this is all for his purpose? Yeah. Tough, tough questions. Mm -hmm. This is not a prosperity gospel. So he's not saying that everything's going to be peachy keen here. It doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact where he says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, right? It doesn't negate the suffering, but for believers who follow Christ and believe that he is our living a sacrifice that he died on the cross for our sins and that we will be reconciled to him again in heaven and in his holy presence mm-hmm. where there's no more suffering there's no more tears there's no, no more death no more dying all of those things if you believe those to be true then you have to know that ultimately that might be how he's working things all out for our good it might not ever be come to fruition for us. And that's the thing, like whenever you really look at this, this, this text at a a deeper level, it is a beautiful promise, but it's a promise for that God is working good, uh, not in the temporary, but in the eternal. And that earthly success is really not what this verse is talking about. It's about that eternal purpose of being conformed to the likeness of Jesus and ultimately for his glory. This is a beautiful verse and God is working for good. And you guys, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I have clung to this verse that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have called been called according to his purpose. And so when I think about what how that's looked in our life, um, I have asked God repeatedly, it's kind mm-hmm. of even the, the the reason that this podcast eventually came to be, right, is that uh, bad crap has happened, but I am trusting that God will use it for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's that one person, again, following Matthew's lead, because when he got sick the first time, he's 18 years old and he said, you know, all I've ever wanted is, is for God to use me. And if, if this is how God's going to do it, then I'm fine with that. And, and so using his story of, of how God's been faithful, even in the suffering, um, Mm. has been really what we've clung to.
1: I just wish it didn't have to work that way. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want that for your family. Like, I don't want God to have to be glorified in such a horrific way Mm -hmm. or even
0: in a horrific situation. Yeah. And and
1: even with like the attacks and, and there's a million things, like there's so Mm -hmm. much suffering in this world Mm -hmm. and it's like good to think about the good that can come out of it. But I just, I,
0: you know, I wish yeah, that that weren't the case. And, and I think at the heart of what we're talking about too is, and not to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but God is sovereign over all things. And we believe that, but yet there is this free will that has caused extreme brokenness in the world. And so like, God, how, how can you be sovereign? But yet also the things that happen, these attacks, these cancers, like our kids dying, Um, how can those two things coexist?
1: Yeah, This is a lot of theology stuff that we probably don't have time (laughs) to really dig into. It is, but yeah. And And this is something that people are still, depending upon your sector of faith, mm -hmm. like this is not widely- like some people believe some things and some people believe others.
0: Absolutely. And I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast and think that, oh, Romans eight isn't the bomb of a verse because it's still on my wall. <laughs> it's still, you know, when someone says to me, what's your favorite verse? This is the one that always comes to mind.
1: I think like the main point here is that if you're using this verse as a form of trying to have just an easy, prosper- prosperous mm-hmm. life. And that's misreading the verse mm-hmm. because all these bad things are happening around us. It is like more of you have a hope that when you go through something really hard, that there is an ultimate good that will be accomplished, mm-hmm. but you just may not see it in a way that we would typically understand it in our lifetime.
0: Right. Rachel, that was very, very well said.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on to the second one, which is
0: another one that is a popular. Uh, mm-hmm. first, which is Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So some people would argue that this verse, Philippians 4.13, is probably the most misused <laughs> verse in the Bible. Uh, you th- you see this verse, you see it out, uh, out and about. People hold this out as God's ab- obligation yeah. to empower us and to just give us what we need to make all of our dreams come true. Or
1: like, Conf- using this verse as, yeah, as a confirmation to be like, I have some idea or thing that I want to accomplish. And this mm-hmm. is confirmation that I can do it. But it's interesting when you read that, I was like, oh, wait, you read that wrong. Or like, what version are you reading? Because. Ah most people would know I can do all things instead of I can do all this. But I think the main point behind this verse that we wanted to talk about is that context is key. Uh Right. And so that's like one of the main reasons why this gets misinterpreted. And that's why it is so important to be like, studying and understanding these verses for yourself is that um, this is written from jail, the letter Mm. written from jail to the church of Philippi, correct? From Paul. The book of Philippians was written approximately AD 61 from Rome during Paul's imprisonment there. So here's a little background. Paul and his companions began the church of Philippi on his second missionary journey. And this was the first church established on the European continent. The Philippian church had sent a gift um, and delivered to Paul. Paul was in a Roman prison at the time. He wrote this letter to thank them for their gift and to encourage them in their faith. Um, and so like the whole purpose of this book of the Bible, it was a letter written to the church from prison where he was just trying to think and thank everybody for the gift that they had given him. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and so it's like, okay,
0: given that context, it's like, life's not looking great for him at the moment. He's in prison. And then uh, you and I take that. I'm just saying you and I, you and I take that verse as like our superpower. Yeah. Right. And that isn't what Paul was saying. Basically, if I could paraphrase like what Paul's saying is like, God brought me to this. He's going to bring me through it. Uh-huh. Right. He's yeah. he, Through him, I can do this. Um, as opposed to, and I think about Rachel in my marathoning days, I did find great hope and encouragement when I would get passed by a runner on Team 413. Uh And Team 413, if you don't know about them, it it, it is a group of athletes that uh, call themselves by this name. And it really is inspired by Philippians 413. And the, the founder of it talks about, I've heard him, his little um, history behind it. He will. He just talks about that when he looks at this verse and he sees that Paul declares that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is the version that you read. Mm-hmm. Uh, he believes that God can enable us to help run our race and to run it well and persevere and to finish strong. So it's kind of like a parallel between the Christian life and the physical Mm -hmm. act of running. Uh, So this group believes that Christ enables us to use our gifts, talents, blessings, tests, trials, and troubles to share his love with others. So I do think that this is a more... 413 is a really kind of a more accurate depiction of the of it but I can tell you that in the moment whenever they're passing me <laughs> at mile 21 when yeah, I, I just want to walk to the finish you know I'm looking at I can do this I can do this because God strengthens me you know and then in that moment what happens is what exactly what you said, then that verse becomes all about me. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is not all, it's not a story about us. Yeah. Right. It's a story about God. And so I I make that verse about me in that moment.
1: Yeah. Well, and it is interesting, like cherry picking that verse, that's when you kind of can warp it into whatever Mm -hmm. you need for that situation. But I, what's important when looking at these popular verses is the context behind it, and so we talked about that. But um, it's interesting, like with this letter, the bl- the blueprint of it is, and it starts with joy and suffering, mm-hmm. and then joy in serving, and serving, joy in believing, and believing, joy and giving, and so even reading the verses around mm-hmm. what this one verse completely changes the context of the story and what it means and what we're trying to get out of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I like that because it is easy when we think about verses and are trying to apply it to our lives to just have that one verse. But even if you have like a devotional that you read in the morning, you just read a few verses and then read a summary. Mm -hmm. I do highly recommend you try and take some time to read the verses around it to make sure you're getting an accurate
0: yeah depiction I I, I 100% think that's true all right so let's move on to our third verse
1: which is once again last verse we're going to talk about today and another really popular one that I feel like every single
0: person knows
1: yes in America and
0: it is it is one of those verses that I gotta tell you I love it. And, it, and there's a part of me that's like, let's not even have this conversation because it just brings me so much comfort.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because it brings you so much comfort. Yeah, I thought you were going to take this the opposite way, and that people said this to you. And Matt was sick, so let's go ahead and read it. Uh, so it's Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to pro- plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans give you a hope in a future. Mm. So. This is one that you see on every Chugy people's walls. Do you know oh, what yeah. that means? What did you say? Chugy. That's what Gen Z calls everybody who likes inspirational quotes <laughs> and Bible verses like now, that. Now tell me more. Like, if you, you have in your house anything with like a funny saying or an, a Bible verse or anything like that, then you are considered chugy, which you, basically means uncool. Okay, and how do you spell that word? It's like C H U G G Y or some E Y, something like that. I'm probably spelling it wrong. Chuggy, yeah. Wow.
0: So, <laughs> see, you know, the places I never expected this conversation yes, to go. Yes, Like, you're always keeping me hip, Keeping you me- cool. And letting me know that I'm not cool. Yeah. Because I do have Well, that- I'm not
1: cool anymore either, but I will tell you what, if I had anything <laughs> like that, I got rid of it. I used to have a little sign that said, like, all I need today is coffee, a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Uh-huh.
0: Got rid of it. Uh, so is this... <laughs> Is this, are you chuggy if you have anything that says anything or does it? Is it anything related to just specifically Jesus?
1: No, it's like anything that's like an inspirational saying or like a, anything that's okay. like, oh, so you better have, have tacos you or little, better bring wine or something uh, like that. That all
0: is chuggy. Oh my gosh. Well then I, I gave you a placemat. That, uh, I do placemat. really like that though. Uh, what was it? Um, A doormat. But that is cute. But yes, it is considered chuggy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm so sorry. Not only am I not cool, but my not coolness is, uh, I'm not sorry. I do really like I'm that. Not not sorry, because, doormat. You know, at some point you're like, if I like this, then it's fine.
1: The doormat says, um, it's always happy hour here.
0: Yeah. It's a great doormat. I do really like it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Uh, and also this is from Gen Zers hmm. Yeah. So again, God love them, but I don't need a 20 year old to tell me what's cool and what's not.
1: <laughs> they're not even 20. They're younger. See, like I, I know it's impossible to uh, keep up with. I think Also low means- rise jeans are coming back in style, unfortunately. Really? Which I feel like you don't really care about because you don't like high rise very much, but I do. And that's why I'm actually very upset about it.
0: Mm, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah, the middle part, and now low-rise jeans. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I'm just now getting to the high-rise jeans. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, okay, we here digress. First. Yeah, let's yes back to what we were talking about. Um, so yes, uh, for all <laughs> those chuggies like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you might have this verse, um on your on your wall, or somewhere. Yes, on a little journal. Oh Yeah. It's a great eternal
1: voice verse, but yeah, we said it. So, um, but I think the thing with this is that, uh, it goes back to you. Like a lot of people get this wrong because they think like, Oh God has a plan for my life. And the plan for my life is going to be like amazing. All these great things are going to happen to me and I'm going to get everything that I want. We go back into the Vinny machine type of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is not A Santa daddy. Yeah, I love the way it's Santa daddy. <laughs> Again, if you look back into the context of this verse is what we really wanted to talk about.
0: Right, and and, and the context is so important because literally all of these, you can take any sentence out of context and you can make it say anything you want it to say. And be like, wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's so so profound. And and, and, um, so the danger of taking scripture out of context is that you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say and you can then ignore the context. Mm -hmm. But you have to pay, obviously, attention because context is king. So this verse... I would love, love, love to be able to say it's a universal one of those promises that, that applies to all believers. Mm-hmm. But when we look specifically at the context, it was a context, it was a promise given to God's people in by the prophet Jeremiah.
1: Yeah, this was written during Jeremiah's ministry, which was approximately 627 to 586 B.C., So Jeremiah, Jeremiah ministered under Judah's last five Kings and the nation was sliding quickly toward destruction and was eventually
0: conquered by Babylon. Mm -hmm. So this is a verse to a very specific people. And he was a prophet, wasn't he? Jeremiah was a prophet. So he was like
1: prophesying or or is that? Yeah. He was prophesying. prophesying,
0: Thank you. Yes.
1: (laughs) Over, um, over the people, right. over and God's people. Basically,
0: he's saying that the promise is that you will de- be delivered out of this Babylonian exile. So, and during this time, you know, there had been other false prophets that were claiming that God was going to release the people soon. So if you, if you read those verses around Jeremiah 29, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of shows that uh, God denounces the false prophets and tells them that they're all going to have to wait. You are going to be delivered, but you're going to have to wait to be delivered. He basically from exile. is like, get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out you're going to be here for seventy more years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the promise is a long term promise that uh, God will deliver them, and that he he still has he still has a plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, even though this this promise is not for us, I think there are definitely parts that remain true. Is that God always has a plan for our life? So mm-hmm. take that away from this verse. What I don't w- want us to do, and I think it can happen so easily, is that uh, it's a plan for good and a plan for you to prosper. Now, we know that if you fast forward, the nation of Israel does prosper. Then they end up messing it up again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, but, but the crux of it is is that if we're not careful, then we fall into this trap that, well, look, if we just believe God... We believe he is good and all these things. Then we're really, again, turning it into this prosperity gospel that if we Mm -hmm. follow good, if we do good, then we'll get good. Right. And and that includes when you use the word like prosperity, Mm -hmm. then people like, oh, and I'm going to get rich. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have the good life. Which I think it's okay if
1: you do have these good things happen to you. Like if you do have wealth, great. Like there are so many people in the Bible who are super wealthy and God used. So it's like, it's not saying that good things aren't going to happen to you, but it's just saying like, don't be surprised when the bad things happen as well. And that, that word prosperous doesn't mean that everything is going to be just great. And Mm -hmm. so when suffering comes, like we're all shocked.
0: Right. Well, and it's true when you think about when do people use this verse? It's it's taught typically during a season of suffering or hardship that we're like, oh, but wait, the promises that you know that uh, God has a, f- a plan and a future to hope and it's to
1: which if I'm going through something terrible, if somebody's like, oh, God has a plan, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I don't freaking care what you have to say. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I yeah. would not even want to hear this verse. So yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's good to be reminded of, like, if you're in your own going through something to mm-hmm. be like evidence of God's faithfulness in the past. And so it's like, God was faithful to all yep. these people. Why would he yep. not be faithful to me? But that doesn't necessarily mean that horrible things don't happen. Or that it's going to turn
0: out the way that I want it. You know, even in this context, I don't think that, that, that they wanted to wait 70 years. Mm-hmm. Like that was a long wait.
1: Oh, well, that was my first thought when you're like 70 years later. I'm like, that means that a good majority of those people, when you hear that news, mm. you're like, okay, that's the rest of my life.
0: Or some of them didn't even see that promise come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is again, like the nation of Israel in the, in the desert, right? Like that generation meant most of them died in those years of wandering or many of them died and didn't mm-hmm. make it to the promised land. Uh, and so I do think that there's great extreme value in this, in this verse and all three of these verses. So mm-hmm. I don't want anyone listening to think, man, they just got on here and bash those three verses and they're <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> they're my favorite too. Yeah. They're my favorite. I love all of these verses, but, uh, I think for me, they just remind me that again, these are God's promises. These are about God. These are meant to show us his character. Mm-hmm. They aren't meant to be like a you know, the gold ticket uh, in the Willy Wonka factory. They aren't meant to be the lottery ticket that makes us live on easy street. Uh, they are meant to point us back to God and to keep us tethered to God. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think that's great. And hopefully this has been a fun little journey for all of our listeners to come (laughs) along with us too, as we try and dissect these. Um, but it is important when we're looking at these verses to make sure that what we're looking at is actually what's being said. So I think you said it perfectly, Robin. And again, we'd love for you guys to subscribe to this podcast if you yes. haven't already, and please share it with a friend who maybe this is one of their favorite Bible verses. Let us <laughs> put into context and we will see you next week. Hey friend,
0: thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us.
1: Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that.
0: And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.